Hi, my name is Sam Williams, and welcome to part one of episode number 179 of my 60 Music Podcast is a millennial throwback machine. So first of all, I'd like to welcome all you to part one of episode number 179 of my 16 Music Podcast, Millennial Throwback Machine. I'm Sam Williams, and those of you who are just now discovering this podcast, either on the Apple Podcast app, or on Stitcher, or on iHeartRadio, or on Google Play Music, or on Spotify, and you're wondering, so what the heck is, I'm going to give you a brief description of what the show's all about. Okay, so I'm Sam Williams, and I'm a 26-year-old songwriter slash producer, but I'm also a 60 music fan slash expert slash nerd. And I each look at this podcast to take one song by one artist to split the show in two parts. First part of the talk, show talk about my opinion of the song and why I think it's so good, or why I think it sucks into my own personality and arrange the song, which will include the chords, playing lyrics, and second part of the show dig deep into the history behind that track. And that part of the show talk about who wrote the song, who produced it, what studio the song was recorded at, talk about the session musicians that played the song, talk about the songwriters wrote the song, the producer that produced it, um, talk about the history behind the artists that recorded the song, the producer that produced the songwriter that wrote it, and the history behind the studio the song was recorded at, where the studio is located at, and the history behind the label the song was released on, and the peak business song made up originally on the Billboard Hot 100 charts when it first came out, and the when the song was released. All that is in the second part of the show! Now, before we move on to this week's episode of the podcast, I have some very exciting news for you. I know I've been talking about this for a while, and I'm sure you guys are probably gonna probably gonna you know won't be surprised of what what I'm about to tell you guys right now. But I mean, you guys should know this, but I'm officially done recording my next EP. Yes! Oh my god, I'm so excited to hear these songs when they're when they're finally mixed and mastered. Um, I'm supposed to go into the studio one last time to hear the mixes before they get sent off to mastering. So uh, I definitely will be hearing those songs relatively soon. So yeah, like I said before, like I, I've said this you know since last week, you know I'm willing I, I check this out. So if you guys subscribe to the premium subscription version of my podcast, and I really hope you do, if you decide to do that, what I will do is that I will send you one or two of those mixes once they're finished and completed. Uh, once before they get sent off the mastering, well, actually, when I get the final masters back, I will send you one of those. Uh, you know, if you if you guys subscribe the premium subscription version of my podcast, but the only way I'm going to send that to you is if you subscribe the premium subscription version of this podcast. And the link to that is in the description of this episode of this podcast. So please go do that. Um, you know, please go um, sign up for that so you can hear all the cool interviews I've done recently. i got one more coming out with Al Gorgoni soon. Please go do that. I would really, really appreciate it if you could do that. That would mean the absolute world to me because then you guys would definitely be helping me out financially, and that would be awesome. So please go do that. I would really, really appreciate it. So, yeah, um, I'm excited to, you know, dive into this week's episode, and let's get to it. Okay, so um, I I was looking through my episodes uh, recently, and uh, I noticed that I hadn't done a Nashville uh, artist in a while, uh, not since Roger Miller in October. And I also noticed that I haven't done an instrumental song in a long time either. 
Uh, so both of those things haven't been, I haven't done an instrumental song or a Nashville artist in a while. I mean, I kind of want to keep the Southern thing going for just a little bit longer before I switch switch over to something else. I know I did a, a Southern Soul record last week, um, you know, two weeks in a row. I mean, even though they're from Seattle, Washington, the new band, but they're but they're pretty much influenced by that Southern Soul anyways, that, you know, that beach music sound. I mean, like, you know, I've covered that, but I haven't done sort of a country-flavored pop record from Nashville in a long time. The last time I did it was with, uh, you know, Roger Miller, but that was a little bit different because that was when country pop went more acoustic and, and it sounded pretty different. Um, but I haven't done a Nashville record in a very long time. So I thought to myself, you know what, let's do it. Let's do a Nashville, another Nashville record. And let's talk about those guys again. Uh, but this time let's actually do like what Nashville was best known for in the early sixties, which was that, you know, that Nashville country pop song. Let's do, let's do that. And let's do one of the best fucking instrumentals from that era from 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 Nashville in the early '60s. I mean, this this instrumental is unbelievable. How it's how it's just amazing. This instrumental. I mean, it's it's just incredible. One of the best rock and instrumental songs from this from the early '60s. I mean, this thing slams. When you listen to it, it's just unbelievable. It's so good. And I you know I haven't done instrumental songs in a long time either. And that'll be worth talking about again because this is definitely more of an educational sort of thing about what existed back in the 60s and what really isn't around right now because you know we don't you know the thing is is that like instrumental songs are not popular now they haven't been popular in years so this genre of music is definitely not really not around in today's world unless it's like really hardcore like you know uh you know EDM or like you know trap music i mean that's that's basically uh, you know, that's that's essentially where instrumental music exists nowadays. I mean, unfortunately, I feel like the last big instrumental hit was that really annoying song, you know, that was that really annoying trap song turned down for what? I mean, I think that was probably the last in big instrumental hit. But that's that's basically what, you know, what we what 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 can what what what's considered instrumental music nowadays. But other than that, I mean, you don't really hear songs like this anymore and it's really a shame, but it's such a great record such a fantastic song really really good and now i'm going to get into talking about it okay so this song came out in february of 1961 it's by an artist named floyd kramer who is also a session piano player and the song is called on the rebound absolutely kicks ass it is one of the best instrumentals from the early 60s hands down oh my god it is so good it's just incredible it's just this instrumental is so rocking and it's so grooving and it just has the most infectious groove going on and here's the thing so normally with these episodes i norm what happens is that uh, in these part one episodes i dive into both the music and the lyrics i talk about both those things and analyze both those things but since there's no um, lyrics in the song, I'm just going to talk about the music because it's an instrumental. 
And the next week, I'm going to dive into the history behind uh, this group, uh, this this artist. And, uh, and I'm going to talk more about, uh, you know, the musician musicians that played on the song and more about. And it's going to be a little bit of review, too, because I've, I've, I've delved into this area before a couple different times. But it's been a while, so it's always nice to sort of revisit things that I haven't talked about in a while. But for now, let's talk about the music of the song. Let's really dive into deep into what's going on here musically. Okay, so here's the thing about this song. Um... It's it's musically, if you look at the chord changes, it's both basic and complicated at the same time. And I'll explain to you why in just a minute. So if you listen to the song, right, it the chord changes for the for the for the main sections of the song before when there's no when before the end of the background singers come in. I mean, they couldn't be any more basic. It, it's your it's your standard one to four, one to four, and then one to four, and then and then the yeah the one five one turnaround. I mean, that's that couldn't couldn't get any more basic than that. But this is when it gets interesting. So that's the main section of the song. But once you kind of get to the bridge of the song, this is when it gets really interesting because this is when the chord progression starts to kind of goes. Sort of a southern, it goes, it goes, it goes, it doesn't necessarily go south because that usually means it goes back, but it goes, it goes down to a completely different path and then it gets back into the main section of the song. Um, but in the, the bridge, this is really cool. You hear the, the, it goes from one, four, one, four, one, four, and then one, five, and then there's the bridge starts out with, uh, the four chord. Right, it starts out with um with with uh with D, and then it gets to the flat seven in in G major, and then it goes to and then it goes to the min uh, the minor third chord, the three the, which is basically like a like you like a three minor, essentially uh it's C major right, and then it goes to F. And then it goes back to that to the to the to the taunt to the to the to the five and then it does the one four one four thing again. But it kinda the song also, along with having the, the most basic chord progression for the for the main sections of the song, the bridge really makes it interesting because then you hear the song kind of flirts with the minor for a second. You know, you kind of hear those minor chords in this very major sounding song. It's a total major song. But then you hear those minor chords mixed in there in this very majory song, and then you've got something really cool, really different, really interesting. Because the song is definitely in the major key, but those minor chords thrown in there, contrasting the major key, is really, really cool. I like that. I mean, it's it's that it's definitely that it's when you're borrowing from the minor. I mean that you know it's that when you got that tonic one tonic minor modulation thing happening. That's really, really cool. I really, really like that a lot. Um, you know, it's definitely has it definitely has an interesting sound. Um, when you when you have those minor chords mixed in with a very major sounding song, it's it's definitely it's definitely cool. And look, I mean, you know, here's the thing. So these there's not a single minor chord in the song. It's all major chords, right? But the point I'm trying to make is that even though there's not a single minor chord in the song, which makes sense. I mean, this is a pretty happy, danceable, upbeat song. There, there's absolutely zero need for any any minor chords in the song at all. But what I'm saying is that 
what the minor chords I'm talking about are the chords from the minor key version of the tonic key in the song, which is A major. So you've got C major, G major, and F major, which all exist in the realm of A minor, but the song's in A major. So that's what I mean by like minor chords in a major song. You got songs that that exist in the minor key realm of the tonic uh, key in the song, which is A major. You know, they exist in A minor, but here they are in an A major song. So that's what makes the song kind of cool, song kind of different. But other than that, the groove in the song is absolutely incredible. I mean, the groove is just insane. I mean, what's happening musically? I mean, even though the song just has your basic one four one four part in in the song, the 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 way that the 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 groove happening with the drums and with that you know tic tac bass and you, I should probably talk about this. So if you're wondering what that what that what that bass sound is on this record, it's basically. Um, it's a, it's a six string bass. It's basically like a, it, it's, it's like a baritone guitar, except it's a six string bass, but basically it's a, uh, it's a, it's a bass that sounds like a guitar, but it's not as deep as a bass, but it's not as high as a guitar. I mean, that's what a six string bass is. It's basically a guitar, uh, tuned down, uh, an octave, but it's not as high as on as low as a bass, but it's also not as high as a guitar. So that's what you're hearing in the song in particular that 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 that's that's a six string bass that that sort of instrument you're in just hearing the the relationship between the piano playing in the song and the six string bass is just incredible hearing the interplay going on musically with those two instruments just going at it on this record i mean it just sounds incredible i love that but also I you know it's hard I I have to talk about the piano playing on this record because you can't you can't analyze a song of this and not talk about the piano playing. So the the piano playing on the song is so cool. It is unbelievable because it's very unique. Um the piano playing on this is just incredible. It's a very it's it's a, it's a, cuz the what the piano player is doing is that he's using a technique called slip note piano playing. And basically what that is is that he you know he slips from one note to another and a lot of times when a piano a piano player does that it's a it's a whole step movement so a lot of times you, go, you slip from c to d or d to e or you know it's it's mo a lot of times it's a whole step movement or or, or three steps up i mean he he kind of he kind of just what he does is just he just kind of like the the movement of the notes is so fast that it's it, it's just it's really hard to catch but Basically, what he's doing is what he's doing is that he's, he's slipping from one note to another, but the the movement is literally just like it, it almost kind of sounds like one note, except it's it's actually two notes being played together right next to each other, immediately right after each other. So it kind of creates sort of like this this sort of like sixteen note kind of a sound, except that it's basically you know he's just playing those two notes so fast, you know it's bling 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 it's so quickly, but but the effect of playing those two notes immediately after each other is so cool. And I absolutely love that. And there's some other really cool parts on the song too. I mean, for example, like in the in the in the in the beginning of in the in the bridge of the song, right? When you hear the drums just soloed out and then you hear them you hear the drummer just going hard with that twist groove, and then you hear like the the the, the baritone guitar take over. That is incredible. I really, really like that a lot. That is so cool. 
I think that is just amazing. You know that when that that bridge part where you basically have the uh, the the the, the baritone guitar and the drums take over when the drummer's playing that boom 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 when he's playing that that twist groove. I mean that is so cool. I love that and the strings are really good too. The strings are really really cool. Like they're playing those whole notes and they're playing and they're playing some some staccato notes here and there. But the whole notes with a really busy piano playing and the drum drummer playing that twist groove is amazing. It's such an incredible part of the song. It is just and it's it's amazing. I really think that's super cool and I think that is just amazing. That you know that 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 the the strings playing those whole notes, the player playing piano player playing the slip note parts, and uh, in the in the in the in the in the bass guitar just doing this doing do uh, the 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 uh, the the six string bass where the baritone guitar playing its thing. It's just playing those notes. It's just the this record is just incredible. I love the background singers on this record too. The background singers give it a real nice kind of human touch to it. Because it kind of gives sort of a vocal vibe to it, even though the song is instrumental, there's no lyrics. But just hearing those background singers, you know, just, you know, playing again, singing their whole notes. I mean, I really like, you know, when the, when the, when the, because here's the thing. So you don't really hear those background vocals until you get into the bridge. And then they're just playing, they're singing ooze, right? And then once you kind of get into the, the last part of the song and they switch over to Oz once the bridge comes around again. Uh, you know, it, you hear you hear that they switch over to Oz, but just hearing the Oz, the strings and the the complicated, the the really busy piano part and the and the drumming on this record, holy shit, the song is absolutely incredible. It is so good. I mean, it just and it's funny. Like, I have to talk about this again because this is worth mentioning. Um, with you know, the song is like two minutes long. That's it. And you know, I've I've talked about this before in my podcast, but just in case you don't remember. Um, back then, you know, you, there was no such thing as writing songs and getting them play on the radio if they were over three minutes long. You had to get it under three minutes. There, you, you had no choice because you can only fit so much uh, so much music under a single side of a 45, and you couldn't go any longer than three minutes because, you know, if a song was longer than three minutes, that would eat up into advertising time for for commercials. So... Um, you had to get it under three minutes and preferably under, you know, two minutes. I mean, this is that, that was that era of like, you know, two minutes, 30 seconds, you know, two, two minutes, 50 seconds, three minutes maximum. But you really had to get it under three minutes at this time, at this specific era of the sixties. And this changed in the mid sixties and late sixties when you had FM radio and, you know, and albums. I mean, that, that, that changed, but for now it was you had to get it under uh, three minutes. And this song is the perfect length. In two minutes, they just pack in so much. I mean, everything from the from the really cool, like, and that's the other cool part about the song, is that once it kind of exits out of the main section of the song, where the piano player plays a ding 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 when he plays that melody, and then he kind of goes, then there's that little breakdown section with the drums, and the and the and the, and the baritone and the baritone guitar and then you hear that and then you just and then once you kind of once you gotta get out of that the play piano player plays something different and along with the strings the strings are doing something different too at this part of the part of the song and then like you know it is so cool and like I mean that's the thing so even though the song doesn't have any lyrics or words and there's no vocals I mean except for the background vocals. What makes a song so memorable, and this is the other thing about I want you to remember about instrumental songs, 
is that even though there were like there were no lyrics and there were no words, there were no s- lead vocals on this. What made these instrumental uh, songs so memorable back then was the fact that there were there was a, there was at least one instrument playing a very memorable melody, like a lead. Me- there was always a lead melody happening, for no matter what instrumental was being was you know you you were you were listening to. You always heard a lead melody because that's how people remembered instrumental songs back then. They remembered instrumental songs because of the lead melody that was being played in the, the song. So that's how people heard instrumental songs and remembered them. And that's how they became hits because there was always that lead melody playing something really hooky, something really catchy, something that would often get repeated. Like in this song. I mean, the, the piano player in this song basically plays that little melody all over and over and over again. And so, so then he did that so that way you can you can get stuck in people's heads and that way people can listen to it. I mean that little repetitive melody. I mean he plays that over and over and over again. You know so that way it'll it'll get stuck in your head so that way you can remember it. I mean that's, I mean that's how instrumentals worked. I mean like, you know a lot of times, you know most instrumental songs you can almost imagine a singer singing them. You know, they're almost like, you know, and, you know, vocal songs without without a, a lead singer and without, you know, without without words. But I mean, most of the time you could imagine vocals being put to these songs and some of them actually did get vocals. Uh, there were a lot of times there were instrumentals that had a vocal version and an instrumental version. But that's that's besides the point. But anyways, um, this is such a cool instrumental. And uh, I mean, I really, really like the song. I mean, it's it's very danceable. It's very upbeat. It's super catchy. And, you know, it's it's really, really cool. I mean, like the strings are really great. You know, the, the background singers are so cool. It is such a great, great hooky, very catchy, very up fun, upbeat instrumental. And I think you would really like this one a lot. I mean, it's definitely one of my favorite instrumentals coming out of Nashville. It is so, so cool. I really, really like it. Okay, so that concludes uh, the, this this part of the episode. Next week we'll talk more about the history behind uh, this particular group and uh, the, you know, the talk about the musicians that played on the song next week. Now, before I end this podcast, I thought I'd come on here and share with you guys a little bit of a story about how I discovered this song. Um, because uh, most of the songs I've talked about on my podcast so far, with the exception of some, uh, most of them I discovered through the oldie station I used to listen to when I was a kid growing up in L.A., um, Kareth 101. But this particular song was a little bit different because um, I discovered this song not from listening to Kareth 101, but actually from listening to this uh, oldies station that was an on-demand uh, satellite radio station that was came with a cable package that my parents used to pay for um, back when they used to have uh, cable TV. And uh, I think we had uh, Dish. I think that's the network we use. I think we had, I'm pretty sure we had Dish Network. That was what we used to have before we cut cable. Now we just have, now they just have Apple TV. But back when my parents used to have uh, cable and they used to have Dish Network, uh, there was a station on there that was commercial free. There was no DJs on it. It was, you know, kind of like Spotify, what the, the streaming platforms we have now, except you couldn't really control what you heard um, from listening to the station. Um, basically, at the time, I was I, I listened to that station, and they played a bunch of late 50s, early 60s songs, and this is one of the songs that I heard from listening to that station. 
So this was definitely one of those songs that I heard uh, listening to that radio station. And I I distinctly remember hearing it back in 2007 and 2008. So I think that was when I first discovered um, those, you know, this song was around then. Um, I didn't hear it on Kareth 101 because at that point they had kind of moved on from playing songs from uh, the early 60s for the most part. I mean, they were play- still playing a few, a few 1963 songs here and there, but mostly er- mid mid to late 60s and early 70s and not really anything from the 50s. Um, that was definitely more in the late 90s, early 2000s. But this once they got into the mid-2000s, like 2005, 2006, 2007, when I f- really first discovered that I'm a huge fan of this music, um, they kind of stopped playing songs from those times. Um, but yeah, so that's where I first heard this song. And, uh, you know, that concludes part one of episode number 179. I'm the 16 Music Podcast, the Millennial Throwback Machine. I'm Sam Williams, and if this is, this is your first time hearing this song, and you freaking love it, and it's so cool, and you're kind of curious about this sort of really interesting genre of music known as instrumental rock, because you're not really used to hearing songs like this, and you want to learn more about this sort of genre of music, well, you know, if you're a millennial and you're curious about this stuff, or you don't know much about it, um, definitely email me at samltwilliatigla.com. You can also reach out to me on Instagram at iheartoldies or TikTok at iheartoldies. And yeah, um, as per usual, things you can check out in the description of this episode of this podcast are my last EP I put out last year. I um, love if you guys could listen to that. Um, in, a, in, the, in the next EP, I just got finished recording it, so now I'm just waiting for the mixes, for me to hear the mixes for those songs. Um I le- I, I'm, I'm really, really close to releasing this stuff, so I'm very, I mean, like, you know, the thing is, is that, like, I, I've, I've, I, I'm close, I'm close, really, really close, right, because I, I just finished recording them, so now I'm waiting to, waiting to get the, the mixes back and then the masters, and then once I get the masters back, then, I, then I'm going to decide what, when I'm going to release these songs. And I'm probably going to release the, the four new songs I wrote last year as singles first, and then you guys will get to hear the full EP at some point, probably maybe early 2023. I don't know. But may I'm thinking that's what I'm probably going to do. Maybe every three months I'll put out a single. And then and then once I then once we get around March of 2023, that's when I'll put out the full EP. I'm, I'm not exactly sure how I'm going to do it yet, but that's probably how it's going to go down. So, but for now, please check out my last EP I put out last year. I'd love if you guys could do that. Um, the link to them is in the description of this episode of this podcast. Definitely do that, and you can do and definitely let me know what you think of that EP by emailing me at samltwilliatcloud.com. You can also reach out to me on Instagram at iheartoldies and TikTok at the same username. So yeah, um, you know, check out the two interviews I did last year with Hawk Magazine. Shout out LA. I would love to get interviewed again, um, but I just haven't really been hit up by any publications, so. Um, I don't know uh, when I'm going to be interviewed again. Hopefully soon. I'm not exactly sure when I'll be interviewed again, but hopefully at some point in the near future I'll get, I'll get interviewed by another publication. But yeah, so please go check out those two interviews I did. would love if you guys could read those and let me know what you think of those. Um, you know, Definitely let me know what your thoughts on those. You can do that by emailing me at com. And you can also reach out to me on Instagram and TikTok at iHeartOldies. And yeah, um, 
Don't forget to check out also the official Spotify and YouTube playlist for this podcast. They'll be able to find all the super cool songs I've talked about on my show so far, including some of the ones that I've mentioned in uh, interview episodes. would love if you guys could check those out. And you can let me know what you think of them. You can do that by emailing me at samltwilliamicloud.com. And yeah, um, if you have any suggestions for songs I should cover next, definitely let me know. I'd love to hear your suggestions for songs I should talk about next on my show. Um, I really appreciate it if you could send me any of those. And yeah, um, also, um, you can check out the official Red Bubble merch store for this podcast. You'll be able to find all the super cool merch that I sell on my podcast. Would love if you guys could check that out. And you can let me know anything with the, the, the price of each item in the store. Actually, to be honest with you, I haven't even owned one of my own podcast merch items in a long time. Um, because I've been very, you know, money, the funds have been very tight for me recently, so I haven't been able to go out and go on the store and buy one of my podcast merch items. Um, but I mean, hopefully someday I will when I get the funds, but right now I just don't have the funds for them for to buy anything from my store right now. But you guys could, if you guys would love to buy something from my store, definitely let me know. You can do that by email me at samltwilliagla.com. And please also subscribe to the premium subscription version of this podcast. I really would hate you, hate for you guys to miss out on some of these really cool interviews that I'm doing. And, uh, you know, because if you subscribe, you get access to all those really cool interviews that I'm doing. And they're so informal and so educational. And, I mean, you guys should know because, you know, you, I know you guys have heard some of the interviews that I've done them in the past when they were free. I mean, these interviews are really, really educational. I learned so much from listening to these guys talk. You guys should definitely subscribe to the premium subscription version of this podcast, especially since I got another one coming out soon with Al Gorgoni, uh, the guitar player uh, for the session guitar player who is based in New York City. So please go do that. would really, really appreciate it. But yeah. So yeah, I mean, you know, if and also the reason why another reason why you should subscribe because you guys would be helping out helping me out financially because, you know, I'm really I'm you know funds are really low for me right now I'm you know because I'm just I'm in a new living situation so I'm you know I'm in every 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 little bit of money you get from from you subscribing the premium subscription version of this podcast helps out with my funds big time, but yeah so um, definitely let me know what you think of. Uh, you know of that, or just subscribe the premium subscription version. Because if you do, I'll send you a couple of the rough mixes for the songs off my next EP. But to maximum, I'm not going to do anything more than that. Um, so that way, you guys can really uh, you'll listen to these songs when they're out. But yeah, so I'm Sam Williams, and thank you guys for joining me for this week's episode of podcast, Millennial Throwback Machine. Until next week, please keep things groovy.